Riviera observed a franchisee struggling to get the attention and leads that they or the franchisor craves and then, with the right help, have a full pipeline book of work within three months. Hi, it's Brian here from Franchise Simply. Thanks very much indeed for joining us on our radio show. Today I've got someone that I think you'll find quite, quite interesting. Greg Smith is the CEO and founder at Send Handwritten. He's the creator of the memorable marketing blueprint, and he operates a bit about outside the square, which I rather like. It always appeals to me, and I think it will to you as well. So make sure you've got your notebooks there. Uh, scribble down any points. I will give you Greg's contact details later on. Um, but in essence, Greg and his team help savvy, sort of growth-focused businesses to get secure meetings with difficult-to-reach decision-makers, business-to-business primarily, and so forth. But He's really a bit of a wizard of the unusual. So creating and delivering marketing with a wow. So uh, to make sure it's memorable. And he certainly, from my understanding, creates consistent leads and exceptional customer retention rates um, that you're then able to, to achieve with that information. So while most businesses rely on digital marketing these days, don't we all, send handwritten, uh, one of their main points of difference if not their sole point of difference, is that they powerfully leverage the mailbox with personalised, engaging, and, and I suppose outside of the square or the box designs. Um, so it's the sort of thing that creates a, a connection with people, a recognition, um, and there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no tricks or smoke and mirrors about this. They, they form a direct communication relationship with people, so you're really getting the attention of the people that you want to uh, to communicate with so, with. so, Greg, welcome to our Franchise Radio Show. Lovely to speak to you. Yeah, thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. Anything you'd like to add to that little bio there that you put together? Uh, no, I, I think you've pretty much covered it. Okay. Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm happy to allow our conversation to let it wander to wherever you would like it to go. Absolutely, because you're an interesting person with a fascinating background. So perhaps you can you can lead into there. Where and how did Send Handwritten originate? You know, what's a bit of the background? It turns out, Brian, that I'm I'm an experiential educator by trade. So in 1992, I stood in a paddock, a three and a half thousand acre paddock, and from there I built a, a multi-million dollar business that I then sold in 2012. And when I sold that business, I signed a couple of year contract to stay with that organization, a big international not-for-profit. So it was an outdoor education center or for the Americans who may be listening, if they do, uh, a big fancy uh, summer camp that ran all year round. Uh, and when I sold, um, I, I guess I gave my baby in the sale to a much larger organization for a whole bunch of logical reasons at the time. After, what, uh, after that, my two-year contract turned into a five-year contract for a whole lot of crazy reasons, I finally departed. But what I observed was the deterioration of that business. Uh, even though they provided awesome educational outcomes, incredible staff, pristine budgets, brand new gear, Everything about that organization was wonderful. However, I watched my baby deteriorate because they'd lost sight of customer experience. It was not abusive, but it was towards that end of the continuum regarding the clients that I had nurtured for nearly 20 years at that stage. 
So I started a consultancy called the Masters of Client Retention to answer the question, how do you Velcro your existing clients to whatever it is that you do? Very soon, those early clients started asking me the question, Greg, shh, stop talking about client retention. We're really good at that. Okay, teach us, give us the most cost-effective, easy to understand, simple to implement tool that will give us a return on investment yesterday. And out of all of that work, uh, Send Handwritten emerged. Right. So when we looked at the marketplace at the time, so this is 2016, 2017, Brian, there was you know, somewhere in the vicinity of 200 to 250 billion being spent on digital marketing around the planet in that time frame. In 2022, so we're now April 2022, it's approaching a trillion dollars that will be spent on digital marketing this year. What that means for me, for you, and for your listeners is that if we are relying just on digital marketing, we are, our voices are being diminished in the ever-increasing noise. That's why we looked at the most unused, unleveraged, and greatest potential channel to market which is people's mailboxes. Really? So beautifully designed, handwritten, wax sealed like royal mail to make the recipient feel like a million bucks when they go to their post box and it's not real estate landfill in the mailbox <coughs> or those nauseating sphincter moment creating window envelopes when there's something delightful we know that our work gets open rates equal to or better than birthday cards. Wow. That, that's, that's amazing. I know that you've got some statistics you've quoted me previously, which are, are mind-blowing. So I suppose we're getting behind Greg Smith. Mm. You know, what, what is it that drives you? What's your why, Greg? What gets me out of bed is my belief, Brian, that despite all that's happened in the supposed connectivity that social media has created, my assertion is that we are actually more disconnected than ever. We are more fractured than ever. I have a belief, and if you think about and project what I was up to uh, with 20 years of working with young adults outdoors, what gets me out of bed is connecting people, helping them appreciate each other, remembering to recognize, remember, um, to anticipate, uh, and for the world to be better, I think we have to be authentically connected. That's what Send Handwritten is ultimately about. Right, now I'll lead into a couple of more questions about your mailbox philosophy, but first you did mention some time back a sort of a, an analogy you use about Airbus's A320. Um, can oh, you yeah. that with us? <laughs> <laughs> so Airbus A320s are now ubiquitous. They're everywhere. I, I, I think there's 10, I've read somewhere there are about 10,000 of these aircraft on the planet. If I, I live on the Gold Coast, uh, not far from you, Brian, and when I go to the Gold Coast airport and there is, in the Australian context, a Jetstar A320 sitting on the end of the tarmac ready to fly to Sydney, I get on that flight having been corralled and processed and transacted really efficiently. I sit down in my seat and the ticket says passenger. 
And I get treated as a passenger because Jetstar is our budget airline or one of them. If I walk to the other end of the tarmac at the Gold Coast Airport and I get in a different A320, but in this case, it has a Singapore Airlines insignia on the tail. I sit down in my seat, same vehicle. I get given a hot towel and a drink is served before we take off. And my ticket doesn't say passenger, it says guest. And those tiny subtleties allow the customer experience on a Singapore Airlines flight to be way more engaging than on a Jetstar flight. There is a price difference, granted. However, when the machinery is the same, the only defining factor that we have left to us as entrepreneurs, franchisors and franchisees, the only defining factor is the humanity that we can inject into the work that we're doing. All else is the same. Goodness. Uh, with your permission, I should, be, <laughs> I should be using that analogy because it's so applicable to business, uh, particularly franchising. Yes. You know, every pizza shop sells a pizza. Right. And uh, that analogy works well. So having said that, you've certainly earned your credentials. So I'd like to move forward a little bit. So, um, you know, my first reaction when I saw what you do was that I thought, well, this man's a bit nuts, you know, he's... <laughs> it was mailboxes again. I mean, yeah. I remember 10 years ago, Mal Emery was a big one on, on lumpy mail, you know, sending a big envelope out and so forth. And uh, um, I've certainly seen evidence that it works. So, yeah, it's a bit old school, but perhaps could you give us, you did mention earlier a little bit about some of the statistics. Could you add a little bit of flavour to that so we get a better understanding of why it's worth using that method? Yeah, look, and... and um... To be completely transparent, Brian, Brian, we are we are not a magic pill. We are not a panacea. However, if our clients or when our clients leverage the power of that most, most uh, unused um, marketing channel, which is the mailbox, and then we integrate that mail with the world of digital in an ecosystem of communication, then powerful things start to happen. So our memorable marketing blueprint, um, which is our system for helping our clients get attention, is all about showing up visually, wherever possible in a fun way, with clever design and cut through scripting, where we show up in LinkedIn, auditorially and visually, we show up in the mail, on the back of the mail, there's a QR code that takes the recipient off to a landing page or a video link or something that is of significance and of value to the recipient. Our best campaigns leverage lumpy mail. So we have a client at the moment who's in the digital space getting an 11% appointment rate. I have a Sparky, an electrician in Brisbane. He's not a franchise, but he's, he's working for himself and he's got half a dozen trucks. We're getting him a 19% appointment rate. He's actually asked us to turn that system off. He's not keeping up. Then once the, the mail and potentially the lumpy mail has landed, the blueprint suggests, and we do this for our clients, that the appointment setter gets on the phone 
and takes the prospect, if it's lead generation, takes the prospect to the next step in our client's sales pipeline or process. And we'll make up to three calls on behalf of our client. And if we've been ignored with the connection in LinkedIn, with the mail, with the appointment setter, then we'll have that same visual piece that we've created show up in a text. And another script might be, hey, Brian, I've, uh, I've connected with you in LinkedIn and, and sent you a couple of messages. I've sent you a couple of things in the mail. I've called you three times. Are you okay? Or have the aliens got you? <laughs> and if still we don't get attention and our client wants to nurture that relationship further, then we help script and we've even just uh, taken the step to uh, be sending nurture emails on behalf of our clients. Wow. So we've built this communication blueprint and ecosystem. Right. That, that's, that's an impressive, I suppose, um, horizon of things that you've got there. So a wide range. And it sounds like you're forever refining it. You picked up the QR codes, which you've only, despite they've been around for a long time, and it just started being really popular. Um, yeah. So yeah, hats off to you on that one. So I know that you're, you're a bit of an author like myself. You like to put pen to paper. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> um, you, I think you, you, you had a chapter in a recent Amazon bestseller, um, How to Be a Six-Star Business. Could you just explain to us what your contribution was to that, Greg? Yeah, thanks, Brian. Um, so our assertion is that if we are going to consciously retain a customer, if we are going to authentically seek the attention of a prospect, five things need to happen. First thing is, we're actually got to give, oh, I don't mind, we've got to give a crap. We've yeah. got to care. Yeah. There needs to be some thought from the client or the customer's point of view back into your business, not the other way around. That requires scripting that says you and yours, not I, me and us. So it's from the client or the, the, the prospect's the, the, uh, the person that you're seeking to add values to perspective. That's one, empathize. The second component of uh, retaining a client or authentically looking for a prospect or engaging with a prospect uh, is what I call Ubuntu. It's a mindset of appreciation. Ubuntu is a South African word and it means, Brian, I am more because you're in my world today. And I appreciate the fact that you've invited me onto your podcast. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what's going to come out of this, if anything, but my world is enriched. And I appreciate you for the invitation. I see you and I recognize you. A business with that attitude is the Singapore Airlines A320 versus the Jetstar A320. It's a mindset piece and it is from the inside out and it's driven by a company or a franchise's culture. The third component is the Disney piece. How do you create wow, surprise, delight, engagement that gets talked about around the water, the proverbial water cooler when we used to go to our offices and stand around water coolers? What, what, what is that? If you can create that magic, Disney-like in your business, you're way ahead of the pack. The fourth of five components is create experiences. 
How do you, in your franchise or as a franchise or create experiences? Goodness me, Brian, if I hear a business value proposition that says, oh, I deliver great service. My <laughs> fair income want to throw up and then smack somebody in the side of the head with a wet fish. <laughs> great service is so easy to say. It's ubiquitous and it is boring as bat poop. Yep, you don't deserve to be on the planet if you don't give good service. It's gonna, it's gonna be a given, isn't it? Let's face it. It's uh, correct. So, yeah. customer, the title of my chapter was "Customer Service is Dead." Now what? Hmm. And the now what is the delivery of awesome, engaging, memorable, and remarkable customer experience. Brian, I've got a challenge for you. Tell me what you got for your tenth, eleventh, or twelfth birthday. <laughs> Goodness me. Now, none of us can remember that unless you no. had a particular experience. No, no. But you might remember the fun, the cousins, maybe the pool or the beach or the park or the cake or the, the, the energy around that. Human beings do not remember words. They do not remember stuff. They remember how they felt via the experiences that were delivered. So it's, so it's events and adventures and circumstances and those funny things that happen, good or bad, are the ones that you remember at the end of the day. Correct. So the question for me as a CEO and for my clients is how do we create experiences that are remarkable or memorable that get us talked about this year, next year and down the track? Because that's the defining factor. The, five, the fifth component of five uh, in, my, um, in the chapter uh, was talking about how crucial it is to be loyal. When all is said and done, loyalty is about keeping your word, honouring a promise. And Brian, I will bet pounds to peanuts that you have broken a promise in your lifetime. So when that, because I sure have, not wittingly necessarily, but I break promises because I have blind spots and I'm a human being. When we break those promises, the trick, well, it's not a trick, the intent is to follow up, reconcile, and collaborate on a way forward where uh, the error creates possibility for the next level of communication, engagement, um, you know, result. <clears throat> so that's a summary of what was in that chapter. Yeah, look, you're a great one for analogies and stories, and that's, I suppose, what you do, and that's what Send Handwritten is. It's, you know, uh, it, it's really, that's what it embraces. But in looking at some of your material, um, something you, you mentioned about, you know, what's a consciously retained customer or what you call the six-star hotel model that you talk about. Uh, I don't think I'm going on to the Singapore Airlines story there. Is that, is that another one? And I suppose the point that struck me, okay, that's fine. How is it, how is it relevant to franchisees and the franchise sector, Greg? Yeah, yeah, great question. So if as business owners, we aspire to be five or six star, the send handwritten aspiration is contained metaphorically in a six star hotel model. So on the ground floor of our six star hotel, and this is applicable then to franchisors or franchisees, is there are five rooms on our ground floor hosted by a concierge desk. Now, we operate all around the world, so our concierge desk is virtual, but it's, uh, there are human beings driving that desk. 
The five rooms on the ground floor of our six-star hotel is the strategy room. So we help our clients get really clear on their client retention, their client referral, or their lead generation strategy. Once we've clear on the strategy, <clears throat> we nurture our clients into the creative room. Now, a creative consult for all of our clients still happens with a guy called Andy Baker, who's a well-known international artist here on the Gold Coast. He is our creative director. <clears throat> His job when working with clients is to maximize open rates and to maximize response rates. By being clever and engaging with the design of a campaign. Most campaigns have a handwritten, beautifully designed greeting card in a sensationally designed and matching envelope handwritten, hand-addressed, wax-sealed and shipped, posted on behalf of our clients. The third room on the ground floor of our six-star hotel that our clients do not go into, they, they peep through the, the glass in the window, or window in, uh, through the glass in the door, is the production room. That's the space where we print. Once the, a client signs off on their design, we print cards and envelopes, we handwrite them with real human beings and no, they are not robot generated. We hand address, we wax seal and we ship. And we ship to the UK, the North American continent, New Zealand and Australia. They're our main markets. The fourth room on the ground floor and some of our clients simply access the fourth room. It's the data curation room where for a campaign, we will curate a list of names and addresses and phone numbers and LinkedIn uh, URLs, uh, you know, roles and websites. So if you go and buy a list, good luck in terms of it being up to date and verified. You've got none in Buckley's because everything has changed in the last two years and those lists, I would assert, have not kept up unless it's a particularly clever curated list. So that fourth room is the data room. The fifth room on the ground floor is the appointment setting room, where to support a campaign, our appointment setters, who are all English first language speakers, they're all around the world, but they're, uh, uh, um, uh, they are not, as much as I love my Filipino team, they are not Filipino or Indian because the intent of the appointment setting team is to begin conversations. And the scripts sound like this, Brian. When you get a call at 6 p.m. dinner time from a telemarketer, it will probably be, hi, it's Greg here from Send Handwritten and you hear sales call. That script is forbidden at Send Handwritten. It's more like, uh, hi, Brian, it's Gus here. I'm wondering if you could help me, please. Humans are hardwired to help. Brian's likely to say, yeah, sure, but who the hell are you and what do you want? The help I'm looking for, Brian, is simply to know, did you get a yak? Did you get a map and compass? Did you get a giant Byron Bay cookie? Did you get a whatever in the mail last week from so-and-so? Whether it's a yes or no, all we're looking to do is to start a conversation and finish with an appointment for our client if we possibly can. Excellent. And it goes on from there, Brian. Like, I, I don't want to boil your listeners. I get a good understanding, and I think you've got into plenty of detail there. So I, re I really appreciate that. Now, um, I suppose the, the other the other part uh, 
of your your process we've got our systems which are really you know encompass our model very much so and that's why i like what you do because it's much the same so you have your communication ecosystem what you call uh, the soup to nuts concept i think is that something that you could expand on a little bit yeah I, I touched on it before it's the process of beginning with a strategy then a design right. then linkedin the mail the phone the text and uh, email that communication ecosystem and that's not the entire space but that that that's the basis of the ecosystem that we prefer to encourage our clients to communicate in you're the podcast expert we are not we will refer people to you rather than generate podcasts for ourselves at the moment we're not into tv radio facebook twitter that's for other experts yeah. our ecosystem plays where our clients prospects and clients hang out they tend not to hang out on facebook right yeah no I'd, I'd concur with that i think a lot of people would do in the business environment so um you've given us some stats there with regards to you sort of performances of your electrician and a couple of examples but i don't know if there's anything you'd like to expand on with regards to open rates and response rates and appointment setting or do you feel you've given us enough of a taste of that well look in summary we anticipate for a campaign where the data is accurate open rates so this is assuming that the card lands on the human being's desk that we're targeting we know that these get a 90 percent or more open rate same as birthday cards or better because they're unusual they're wax sealed and handwritten. What tends to appear in our mailboxes now is rubbish or frightening, <laughs> frightening window envelopes. <laughs> yeah. a, a response, so, so open rates are very high, way higher than email. A response rate, uh, a, a response rate that is any less than 10% is of serious concern to us. And a response is somebody that says, yes i would like an appointment with brian or i'm really busy at the moment and distracted uh, doing what i do but i am interested in some more information from brian we qualify what that information needs to be and we alert if brian was the, the client we alert brian to the fact that there has been a response there is some interest and we suggest to brian that he nurtures that new connection appointment rates vary wildly depending on more than a dozen variables we don't know until we test the market what response what sorry what appointment rates are going to be and i know the next logical question because if i was you i would ask this question do you have campaigns sometimes greg that don't work yes do you have some campaigns where there are no appointments yes do you ever have a campaign where there's zero response that's really rare responses vary yeah no i get that look i hope everybody that's listening can realize with some of the little gems that greg's dropped in here the the, the value i think of at least looking into this uh, what i'll call the lumpy mail the handwritten particularly the way that it's it's cultivated in what greg does but i think having a look from your own point of view to see whether it's something you can take advantage of with your business model 
and your client sourcing and client retention and so forth, I think it's important. So um, if we come to it, I suppose, to, to sort of wrap up the picture of what people should be thinking about, Greg, what's the sort of the, the guts of a campaign when you collaborate with someone like me or, or whoever it might be with, with any business? Uh, look, it can start uh, with a tool that we would create for you, something as simple as what we call an audio digi card. So it's a handwritten card with your voice over the top that gets delivered digitally. And if any, any of your listeners would like to see one, let me know in the, in, in the comments or by email and I'll send you a couple of samples. They're stunning. So essentially for under a thousand bucks, you can end up with an asset on your phone or on your computer that you can send once or you can send it 25,000 times. We don't mind, it's your asset. That's the one of the entry points. Um, another entry point uh, into our work is uh, uh, by leveraging the genius of our business development human, uh, our, our BDH, uh, who is an expert in the whole uh, LinkedIn profile optimization space. 547 bucks gets you 30 or 45 minutes with Steve and he will turn your LinkedIn profile upside down and turn it into an all-star projection of you into the market. A typical campaign, Brian, rather than those uh, entry point tools, a typical campaign done for you begins with uh, uh, getting clear on the strategy, doing the design, and then it is data, monthly, let's say it's 100 lines of data per month, 100 cards into the market per month, and up to 300 appointment setting calls made per month. Most of our clients, in fact, we encourage our clients to sign up for at least three months, in that case, 300 cards, because we need time for the marketplace to give us feedback about what they've received. Right. Once we get that feedback, we iterate. We collaborate to iterate, we change scripts, we change card designs, we change messaging, we change avatars, we change data lists, all sorts of new things then start to happen. So for a listener who wants to metaphorically put their vehicle in the trading post or on carsales.com at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning and expect it sold by 10.30, by morning tea time, they're dreaming, they're not my avatar. However, the human being who metaphorically wants to sell their luxury vehicle and put it in the paper at seven o'clock on Saturday morning and work with us to change the prices, to change the photos, to change the scripting around, the, around what it's saying about that vehicle to add value and iterate and you know, expose it on uh, other uh, platforms as well. Metaphorically, that's what we do. We walk with our client until the sale is made. Excellent. Look, I, I, I think you can probably all gather a bit of information there, which would probably, probably help you all. I think patience is one of the things there, and it's test and measure, isn't it, as with anything in the marketing world, apart from no, no end of other forums as well. But uh, um, if you'd like to actually pinch a bit of Greg's time, uh, he has made himself available and also his business development human um, as he mentioned before, his BDH. So um, uh, he's certainly happy to get in touch um, for you to get in touch with him. He, he does have some requirements or requests before you do that. So I'll certainly include that in the context of the email that I send out with our radio show. 
if anybody wants any further information, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Greg? What's the, the process that you suggest someone uses just to make that first contact to say, hey, I'd like to know a little bit more? Yeah, you know, I'm terribly not scary. <laughs> I've uh, that. No, he's not. <laughs> so email is probably the most straightforward way. It's greg at sendhandwritten.com.au. Uh, and I'm sure in the show notes, there will be um, uh, that email address, my mobile phone number, and I'm often in meetings, so hard to get on the phone. So email or uh, have a look at the website, sendhandwritten.com.au, and you can book a meeting with one of us straight from there. Lovely. I'll do that. Greg, the other thing is, I think we both share a bit of a passion, I suppose, if we look at bit, doing a little bit more than we're just doing with our business and for ourselves. And I know... Um, in the way that I've been quite heavily involved with B1G1 with Microloan Foundation, the charity we founded, you're also a supporter of B1G1. Would you like just to tell us in a nutshell um, what that involves from your point of view? Uh, from our point of view, so, so B1G1 is a micro-giving um, uh, organisation run by a guy called Paul Dunn, an awesome Aussie human being who lives in Singapore. Uh, and uh, so B1G1 allows businesses like yours and my, mine, Brian, to um, contribute uh, micro contributions to the have-nots. If we are the haves, there's a bunch of have-nots on our planet that are struggling one way or another. From our point of view, for every 100 cards that are purchased from us via B1G1 and our membership, we save another square metre of um, Daintree rainforest. We lock it up and where possible, replant it to protect the barrier reef. And that makes sense for us. We're transporting cardboard and using carbon to do our work around the planet. That's, that's one of the micro-giving things that we do via B1G1. Lovely. Congratulations. Look, Greg, it's been delightful talking to you. Um, and I, I, I can confirm, <laughs> as I watch... Greg, now on my Zoom call there, he's definitely not scary. <laughs> um, verging on warm and cuddly, but no, you, I'm sure if you had a chat with Greg, he'd be more than happy to have a chat. So thank you for outlining there what I think is a way forward for a lot of intelligent, switched-on business operators are looking at these other channels in this day of saturation of, uh, of marketing material from any which way. So um, having said all that, Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you, Greg, for joining me today and look forward to talking to you all again sometime in the future with our next Franchise Radio show. So cheerio, Greg. Thanks, Brian. And cheerio again from me, everybody. Bye. <laughs>